Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today at E3. My name is Dan Meyer. In case you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going to be talking about discipleship today. So if you have your Pathways book, then go ahead and you can open that up to page 26. It's kind of our, our intro pages, and there's some pages, um, places on page 28 and 29 where you can kind of jot down some notes or some thoughts or whatever God's speaking to you this morning either through musical worship and through teaching and maybe through the person sitting next to you. Um, this week we are going to be talking about discipleship, but just wanted to kind of take a step back to the beginning of our Pathways journey for a second, because our Pathways journey is, is about 40 days of spiritual transformation, right? It's about a discipleship journey, you know, and at the beginning of the Pathway series, we asked this question, you know, what could happen, what will happen in my life if I give God the next 40 days consistently? Some of you are like, we asked that question? What? Yeah, yeah, a few of you are like, what? Yeah, this is this question that kind of helped frame up Pathways. You know, for whatever reason, maybe, maybe you didn't hear the question. Maybe, maybe you did, you, this is your, your first Sunday at E3 and you're like, Oh, wow, I missed out. Well, you, you didn't miss out on anything, right? Because one of the great things about our God, one of the things about a spiritual journey is like it starts today and again today and again today and again today. And it is part of the, the beauty of God's design is that the old life has passed away, all things are made new, that, that every day that we wake up, his mercies are new, that every day is the opportunity to experience him, to love him, to grow in him, to know him more, to be loved by him, to share his love with the world around us, right? This is our heartbeat. This is, this is a life with God. Now, when we kicked off our Pathways series, we started out just talking about worship, that first and foremost, that we are created, that we are designed to be worshipers of God. That that is where joy comes from. So many times we find ourselves in these pursuit of, of happiness, right? These things that we're running after that's gonna make us feel good in a moment. You know, spent nine and a half hours in the yard working, pulling out bushes and mowing and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, it makes me feel good and it makes me feel horrible. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's too much work, you know? It's just one of those things, it was like, it was brutal wrestling creation, you know? Get out there, and then we had a, we had a, a little birthday party yesterday, my son went to, we went and we're doing rock climbing. I just turned 41 years old, and I'm like going all these rock climbing stuff, you know, having a blast. And then that night, last night, I'm just like, what did I do to myself? I think I forgot I was old for a second. I don't feel old though, that's just it. I look at that rock wall and I'm like, let's do it. Why isn't it, why isn't it higher? Let's go, you know? Uh, my, my body doesn't always wanna keep up, right? But as we go on this journey, you know, sometimes we're, in, in trying to be a disciple, we need to hone in on a few things, but at the same time, discipleship, like I love that video, you know, because people are not just, I think discipleship was mentioned one time, right? But, but what did everybody talk about, as they were talking about discipleship, it talked about serving, talking about some action, talked about worship, talked about connectivity, talking about invitation. I love Desmond's. He's like, it just makes sense in the world, in the world that I live in. You know, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just own it, man. The world, it just makes sense in the world that I live in to share the good news. But you got to know it's good news, right? I mean, it's got to be good news to you. 
You have, to, you have to look into the eyes of Jesus and say, I need you as my savior. You're willing to be my savior? You're willing to provide for me? You're willing to guide me? You're willing to love me? Man, I, I, I need some of that, right? So we talked about worship. We talked about uh, connexity. Pastor Lori, in our second week, talked about connexity, our need for each other. That discipleship is not just, you know, simply a, a single event, you know? It's not something that we do on our own. It's not just good enough for, for me and, and my relationship with God. Hey, we're good. We got it covered. You know, I don't need you. No, we need each other. We need each other to, to bear burdens, to share joys. We need each other to speak life and truth into each other's lives. And on this journey, you know, whether or not you knew about the question of, of what can God do in my life in 40 days, day one might be today. Day one might be today, connecting with your brothers and your sisters and saying, you know what, I'm gonna commit. I'm gonna give time to God. I'm gonna seek God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, you know? Some others of us, we started out on that journey well, and then life happened. <laughs> Somebody got sick. Something happened, the car broke down. You couldn't make it into community. It was a struggle, there were, there were problems at work, there were deadlines that popped up, and all of a sudden, life began to tell you what to do instead of you directing life. We all feel those tensions. But guess what, today's, today's a new day. I think my dad was the one that told me this. In my mind, that's the way that it went anyway. You know, sometimes when you, when you remember back, you, you don't know exactly what the voice was, but I attribute it to my dad telling me this, this life-giving truth. He just said, you know what? We woke up one, one day, and, and, and maybe the week had been rough or whatever, but he just said, you know what? Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And it was just one of those things that was just such a freeing thing. I didn't go, oh, Dad, you're so cheesy. No, I was just like, you know what? Wow, that's such a life-giving thing. And, and as we talk about discipleship, we have to remember that what we're, what we're shooting for is not some destination. There's not some place that we attain to. You know, you can't get your, your fully devoted follower of Christ merit badge, you know, at E3. Here's your FDFC badge, congratulations, your salvation is secure, you're going to heaven, oh wow, you must really love Jesus. No, I mean, like that, that isn't the way that it works, right? It isn't some destination, it's not something that we attain, but in fact, it is something that we are daily moving towards. It's daily growing in, daily experiencing being challenged, sometimes the brutal wrestling of our nature from the inside out, our very hearts seem to be against us sometimes, right? In the midst of this, God is faithful. We go on this journey, and this journey is more about relationship. It's not just about, hey, this is where we're going to go to have some experience. It is about God is with me every single moment of every single day. And we're at that place in the, in the 40 days where the, the people that really bought in at the beginning, the people that have been pushing hard, they're starting to experience some of the good fruits. In the last 10 days, I have had more conversations almost than I've been able to handle in my schedule. It, just all of these, these people coming and saying, this is what's happening. This is the good things that are going on. Interactions in grocery stores. People see me and, hey, let me tell you about this. Hashtag pathways. This is what's going on. This is what God is doing in my life. Growth group conversations. People walking into my office saying, you know what? I've been unable to forgive and now... 
I just feel freedom. I've been able to forgive this person. I, I was bound up in anger and, and that, is, that, that hold is being loosened in my life as I fix my eyes upon Jesus. Some people that, that were experiencing, you know, they had these, these hidden truths. They had these things that had been kept from a, from a spouse or from a loved one that were, that were years and years old. And yet as they go on this pathways journey, God has said, you know what? Hey, that thing in the past that is unresolved, you need to talk about that and you need to get healing. And these courageous people, these brave people stepped into those places of brokenness that they knew were going to be like daggers in the, in the lives of their loved ones. And yet in honesty and in truth, in the quest for authenticity and in the belief and in the full expression of the hope of God's grace, that I am still loved, even though what I have done, they stepped forward into healing. These are the things that people are experiencing all around us. Some of you guys, these are, these are pieces of your stories. I look around and I see, story, I, I see people that are, that are sharing the glory of God with each other. As we go into this conversation about discipleship, one of the things that we really need to, to remember here is it's not just about service or invitation or connexity. It's not just about worship. Discipleship is is melding all of these things together. It's giving God access into every single area of our life. Maybe another way to say it is like, there's no private space that it, in your life that is separated from God. That the God that you were just singing about, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, is the same God that last night when the Seminoles almost lost for a second, that, that he, was, he was still on the throne, that he was still the reigning king of heaven at that time, that the Holy Spirit was there to control you from saying all of those horrendous words against the Knowles, you know? No, um... That the Holy Spirit, that God with us is the same God who is tomorrow morning on, you know, Blue Monday in your cubicle, on your way to work for that taskmaster, he, God is still with you, that he's still God. Discipleship is, is not compartmentalizing compartmentalizing our lives into all of these different little pieces of the puzzle, but it is saying, Jesus, I want your voice to be the loudest voice in my life. Who's the loudest voice in your life? Who are the books, who are the books that you're reading, the people that you're listening to and learning from? Who are the blogs that you're following? What's in your mind just constantly calling you, provoking you, challenging you, inspiring you? Is it the voice of Jesus? Is it the voice of grace? Is it the voice of love? Because our God is not a cruel taskmaster. He is wooing us and he is drawing us into fellowship. Now, last week, as we were talking about invitation, Pastor Eric did such a great job, and we had the, the panel of people up here, you know, Michael and Martha Hannah and, and Melanie and Lloyd Monroe and um, Katie and Cody Fox and um, Mark and, and Amy Gortney. This, this theme was coming up, and it was like this little snapshot of the, the heart of discipleship. 
And one of the things that they were saying as they were, as they were here on the stage and sharing what, what, it, what God had called them to do in these places what, was that as they got the call, come and follow me, there was this language that started coming up and it, it was this. It was like, to quote Mark Gordney, he said, God is going to have to do a serious work in my heart. See, that was the heart of discipleship. It was being willing to just open up to God and say, God, if this is what you want from me, I'll acknowledge <laughs> there are places in my heart that don't want it, but, but I'm gonna make room for you to do a work, right? That's the heart of discipleship. When we talk about discipleship and kind of look at it in the Bible, there's not necessarily a one-to-one -one correlation for us. In the 21st century to the first century. In the, in the first century, you know, when, when, they, when they talked about discipleship, a lot of times in, in Hebrew thought and Greek thought and in, in patterns of Judaism, you would find someone who had developed this school of thought, this way of, of interpreting the world around them and you would come alongside of them and, and you would say, I want to be your disciple. I'm gonna follow after you. And so many times you would actually take your own resources, your own money, and you would pay them. You would provide for their livelihood in order for them to teach you wisdom. Now, we don't really have that around in, the, in these days. You know, sometimes some of us may have mentors. We may have life coaches seasons of time where we kind of go through these things. Maybe a, a better correlation for us might be, um, you know, going to college and, and going through uh, and having an advisor or certain professors that we, that we encounter repeatedly that are trying to, we're trying to get trained in a particular occupation. We want to master particular things so that we can go out into the world and be wise in that particular area. But discipleship, when we talk about God, is, is this, this wide open experience of grace where Jesus speaks into every single area of our life, every single part of our being. Back then, as they would come alongside of a rabbi and ask them to, to take them on as a student, what you would do is you would just follow your rabbi. You would, you would be around them day and night, just kind of whatever they were doing. You would eat meals. You would travel together. They had this phrase, this saying that would go that, that if, you, if you were really following your, your rabbi, you would get the dust of your rabbi upon you. They're just kind of walking, and as they're kicking up dust, you are in that cloud. Everything that they're doing is impacting your life. Last Sunday, we got to, got to go on a little mountain bike ride with some other E3ers in the E3 Fit Ministry, and, and, and we were out there, and there's this young boy, eight years old, his name is Connor, and we were riding along and just going on down the trail and just cruising and having fun. And, and we got to this one part of the trail where the, the trail kind of widened out. And he, and he pulled up alongside of me as I was leading. And, and I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? You, you having fun? You know, he's like, yeah, this is awesome. He's like, I love this part of the trail that's getting ready to come up. He was anticipating it. I'm like, oh, really? You, you know this part of the trail? He's like, yeah, I, I, I really love it. And I was like, hey, I'll tell you what. You take the lead, Okay. And he just looked at me, and his smile came across his face, and he just took off, right? And so I'm pedaling. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with him, and, 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 uh, and uh, my front wheel is, is just a couple feet from his back wheel, and I'm just staying a little bit to the side. So if he does something crazy like eight-year-olds do, then, um, then I'm not going to eat it and kill him, you know? Um, so, 
So we're just cruising along, and he's just flying down the trail, and I'm flying down the trail right behind him, and the dirt from his back wheel is just flying up in my face, and I'm smiling, and I'm getting nice, you know, Florida clay in my teeth, you know, and I'm just like, this is awesome. Now, some of you are like, that does not sound awesome, Dan, you know. You have problems. Uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a little different, but but it was one of those things, you know, that it was, we were with each other. And we had to create space to disciple each other and create space to go, this part of the trail is awesome. Come follow me. Oh, yeah. And, and, and for those of us that, you know, that path is, is winding and that path is unknown and that path is new, we need people that know the trail and that are willing to walk with us or ride with us whatever it is, you know. All around us in this discipleship journey, it's a, it's a discipleship, uh, it's a journey of transformation. We see the signs of it all around us in creation. All of creation proclaims God's goodness, his faithfulness, the cycles of, of growth and transformation that he does. You look at a, a tadpole and it, and it, it was created and, and, and comes from this little egg into this tadpole and then you know, six to nine weeks the thing busts out legs and, and leaves the water and now it performs the miracle of being able to breathe in water or in air. It transcends its original existence. Metamorphosis, right? A caterpillar to a butterfly. This larva just kind of crawling around, ooh, into this beautiful creature in just a matter of, of a month, four weeks, maybe if it's warmer, a little bit less, to be able to experience the miracle of flying, of being able to just follow the winds wherever, wherever they lead. All these pictures of us being able to transcend the things that we think we're created for and find the things that God has created us for human being, conception, nine months later-ish to, to the place of birth. And then, and then where does the soul come in? Where is, that, where is that being an eternal being? We don't really know exactly what that is, but we know, we know that, that God created us and had our lives planned from before the foundations of the world, that he, that he molded us and shaped us in our mother's womb, that, that he knew all of our days before they started and before they will end. And yet for each and every one of us in our human experience, we wrestle with those places. We're, we're in a church today seeking after spiritual things. There's been some moment where we suddenly realized, where we, where we had the inkling that life wasn't just about my own agenda. My life wasn't just about satisfying my own cravings and my own needs, but now I've transcended that. I'm flying. Now I'm experiencing life with God. Have you ever felt a freedom from selfishness? Have you experienced those places where it used to make you angry and now you just kind of laugh? You just kind of smile and nod. You can see the places that you've grown, the places that you've transformed, that you've metamorphosized more and more, being molded and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. This is what discipleship is really all about. This is the heart of it. So when we look in Matthew 28, a few verses here, Jesus speaking the end of, of Matthew's gospel this is some of the context. Jesus has walked with his disciples for three years-ish, a little bit longer. 
And, and he is, he is um, now, he's died, he's risen from the dead, and now he's sending them out. And this is what he says. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Look at those first, that first sentence again. The very first sentence, this is what Jesus says. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. How do you relate to that? How do you react to that? Is Jesus the supreme authority in your life? Maybe another way to say it, like, what are some of the other authorities that you pay attention to? What are some of the other authorities, what are some of the other voices in your life that have credence? See, if my wife's voice is louder than Jesus' voice, I've got a problem, you know? If I, if I look at my existence as a, a never-ending, eternal honeydew list coming from the voice of my wife, right? I, I've got a little bit, I'm, I've got a skewed perception of reality. If, my, if the voice of my children is louder than the voice of Jesus in my life, if all of the calls, all of the daddies, all of the things that need to be taken care of is, is, is louder in my ears than my security and the love of my Savior and the calling that he has upon my life, then I will find that I have a real problem. And discipleship is that journey of us getting back here. Who has the loudest voice in your ears? Who has the most authority? Because part of the beginning of discipleship is us recognizing who is in charge. Who runs your day? Who runs your schedule? Is it your boss? When they say, hey, jump, and you say, how high? I'll tell you what, you know, my boss is Pastor Mark. I got attention here. Do I, do I follow my pastor? Do I follow my boss? Do I follow my, my friend who just had a birthday this past week? Woo-hoo. How do, I, how do I manage that? See, the, if the voice of Pastor Mark is louder in my ears than the, the voice of Jesus, I've got a problem. And what Jesus is calling us to is to get that dust from him on us. And the thing, here's the thing about it is we follow a, a bloody savior. We follow a savior who was beaten and bruised and who daily sacrificed his life in a multitude of ways, serving the people around him, loving the people around him, having compassion, weeping because people were lost, because people didn't know God, having a broken heart. He was a man acquainted with sorrows and grief, Right? And if we're going to follow him, these are the things that are going to begin to mark our lives. Now, life is filled with suffering, right? And in the process of discipleship, we need to make sure that we don't confuse the suffering that we're experiencing around us as part of normal life or maybe as part of the the consequences of our own stupid choices. (laughs) Don't confuse that with suffering for faith. And here's what I mean by that. Here's in my own personal life, Renee and I, as we, as we got married and, and, and decided, you know, like as we're seeking God, when we're going to have kids and all of these kinds of things, God started speaking very clearly to us. He wanted us to wait about five years. 
about two and a half years into that, God told us to stop being in control of when we were gonna have kids. And we had this quandary. God, we, we believe you've told us to, to wait. And at the same time, we're, you're telling us not to try to wait. Can we trust your authority? Are you the God of the womb? Are you the God who's gonna fulfill your word in this area? Did, did we hear wrong in one of these areas? And as we stepped out in faith, just taking those actions and saying, God, we'll give you access to every single area of our lives. It was this incredible gift because in all of the timing of it, we found out that we were pregnant one month before our five-year anniversary, 10 days before my father passed away. And we had our first child right in the middle of our fifth year of marriage. And in, the, in, the, in his death, almost 11 years ago, we also had this great promise of life. Years go by, we, we have children, and, and, and JL is born, and, and then you know, Elijah is born, and a few years later, Aria is born, and wouldn't you know, they're all born in June. And it's like, God, you're funny. Your faithfulness is just, it's really funny. You know, and then in the midst of, of, of leaving that in his hands, you know, four years ago, we, we went through a, a very difficult miscarriage. And then three years ago, we went through a stillbirth. And as I stand here today, you know, both of, both of those children were, were children that were due in February. It was kind of like this weird thing of like, we have kids in June, what's going on, you know? Well, we just found out two weeks ago, my wife's pregnant and we're doing June. But this is a story of God's faithfulness. This is a story of God's faithfulness. It's a, when you just release these things to him, and there's so many challenges along the way. There's so many what ifs and maybes and how will it work and what will I do? And God, are you really gonna be there and are you really gonna provide for us? And do you really love us and are we really secure? And can we really let go of worry? These things that challenge us from the inside out as we wrestle with our part of our creation, part of our nature, part of our that depravity that says, I want to fix it and I want to make it right. When following Jesus is letting him tell us what to do. All around us, God has placed these incredible reminders of his grace. As we go on this journey together and just kind of move forward, one of the things that we need to talk about is just what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. Because sometimes when we hear that phrase, it's, we, we don't think we measure up. Fully devoted? I don't know. Maybe I'm like 72% devoted. Maybe, hey, it's a good day. I'm feeling like 95% devoted, you know? We, 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 kind of, we kind of gauge ourselves in these condemning ways, and that is not the voice of God. Okay, fully devoted is, is, this, is this seeking him and is walking with him doesn't mean that we will never sin. It means that when we sin, God's spirit speaks to us and we repent and we change and we turn away. We're backbiting, we're slandering, we're talking about people behind their back. And somebody comes alongside of us and says, you know what, you really shouldn't do that. The Holy Spirit comes to us and convicts us and we, and we say, yeah, that's right. I need to turn away from this. I need to repent from this. Those are the kinds of things in this, in this journey of discipleship that when we, we kick those doors wide open and we, and we willingly say, God, you can do the heart work, that is what it means to be fully devoted. 
to find out those places where we, where we choose to be obedient. And it looks different for all of us. You know, in this world, a fully devoted follower of Christ, you know, answering God's call, serving, being part of the world, relieving cycles of poverty in the world, foster care, you know. Maybe for some of you empty nesters, maybe you're wondering what to do with yourself and God might say to you, you know what? Guess what? There are thousands of kids all across this country. Right here in Leon County, there are over a thousand kids that just need a home, that just need a mom and a dad. Many of them teenagers, maybe for one or two or five years, you could give them a taste of what family looks like. You could give them a taste of what it looks like to walk in Jesus' dust. You might change the course of their life forever. Maybe for some of you, it's that increasing your home so you can take people in. Maybe for some of you, it's downsizing so you can give things away. But Jesus will guide you if you will get about his agenda. This journey, and really when it all boils down to, is maturing in love. Jesus said, if you are going to be my disciples, you're going to be known by love. That's it. That's the defining factor of a disciple of Jesus. And that's challenging for me. Am I known by love? Do my coworkers know me as the most loving person in the office? Do my family members, this is always such a weird human thing, right? Like we're the most authentic self with our family members. So many times we treat our family members worse than we treat strangers, right? <laughs> Do my family members think I'm the most loving person? Do I serve them? Do I care for them? Am I, am I conscientious? Am I about their needs, loving them and serving them as I follow Jesus? These are challenging things for us. But when we look at the whole story, we should know that we're not alone. That Jesus' call for us to submit to his authority is also a call of empowering us with his authority. That he will give us the strength to do these things. That he will give us the strength to make disciples. That means to teach people about godliness. Not to shove it down their throats and not to condemn them. To show them what Jesus looks like in the flesh through the actions of our lives. Right? Go out and make disciples. Teach them to obey the commands that I've given you. As they go, hey, what is this thing that you're experiencing? What is this thing that God's doing in your life? Tell me more about these things. I'm challenging. You teach them. This is what it means to follow God. Giving up our rights. Suffering for, with his love. And this is something that we're not alone in. Our last couple minutes together, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12. And this is actually in your Pathways journal, um, Pathways notebook. This is a section of scripture that, that in your Pathways journey, you can spend some extra time really meditating upon, really thinking through. And this is the beginning part of our growth group conversation for this week. But the writer of Hebrews starts it out like this. Therefore, therefore, he's talking about because of all of these things that I just talked about, all of these people in, in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, the people that, that suffered for God, the people that did, um, that, that followed after God in just their ordinary lives. God says, go here and they follow. Do this and they did that. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. This is a long legacy. This is something that is not just happening in 2015. This is not just happening in our lifestyle. That this is this unfolding and continual work of God all around us. It's an eternal work. And as we go and, and talk about discipleship this week, as we, as we take this as day one, as, as a day where there's new mercies, as a day where this is the first day of the rest of our lives, a day that this is, where this is the day of God's faithfulness, this is the day of us experiencing God's salvation, and I want to encourage you and challenge you guys to fix your eyes on Jesus more and more. Not get distracted with the cares of this world. Let him speak life and truth to you. In Jesus' name, let's pray.